This is Liz Reed. This is my podcast called Liz Life Guru. I'm a practicing therapist here in Michigan. This show will focus on addiction, mental health issues from beginning to end. I am also in recovery for the past 20 years and have plenty of topics that can help you from A to Z. So let's get started. Gina, guess what? bothers me more than anything. Oh, the list is long. <laughs> I'm just going to throw out one of the things that I hear from people all the time is talking about boundaries. Okay. It's kind of like narcissism. You know, people are constantly talking about narcissist, narcissist, narcissist. Oh, so terms that people use, <laughs> yes. overuse or inaccurately use. Absolutely. From mm. their armchair of psychology that right. they put, that they believe since they've read enough self-help books talked to enough, uh, looked enough at Dr. Google and uh, gotten enough information from their friends who are in therapy or whatever might be going on, that they need to set up boundaries. So they can diagnose an issue. Issue, immediately. They're mm -hmm. having an issue. He mm -hmm. has a little issue. <laughs> he has issues. And one of their favorite things to say is someone's either a narcissist, which we talk about all the time, which is usually somebody who's, for the most part, self-centered or difficult. That's not because a narcissist is an old, diff, a wholly different kind of a diagnosis. And so it really is. When people are using that term, oh, he's such a narcissist, what do they really mean? Uh, so, but you know what? It depends. You need a really a clinical diagnosis of that. They can just be a controlling person, right? Okay. But it's overused and it's a word we throw around everywhere because we see it on social media constantly. Mm -hmm. But one of the words that is very difficult that we hear just as much is I have boundaries. I have boundaries. And don't we all have some boundaries? We, yes, we all do have boundaries, <laughs> but is it used effectively and in the right way, right? right? Right. So this is, you know, in our next show, we're going to talk about when is it time to get a therapist and who is the best therapist for you? Well, one of the things is, is some of the therapists out there are not dogging on my people, but there are some that are giving out some misinformation or information that is convenient and hasn't been researched enough about what a person might be going through. Because if we set up boundaries, which to many people is interpreted as Xing out people from your life, you're going to end up uh, without anybody in your life, mm -hmm. right? And so we have to know what boundaries, technically, what that would mean. What would you think a boundary would be for you? Like, you know, what? Um, setting up a boundary. Well, on how people talk to me. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I'm not going to... I'm not going to have a friendship with someone who, you know, who's, who's mean or who yells mm -hmm. or who is derogatory. So mm -hmm. that would be, I mm -hmm. mean, you mm -hmm. know, that kind of thing. So typically we go into a relationship with a family, a friend or anybody, a coworker that we meet and we don't worry about boundaries in the beginning. Right. Until no. they start affecting us in some way. So right? someone who's taking advantage of you. So someone who always says, yeah. hey, can you watch my kids? Hey, can you watch my kids? Sure. Or uh, can you do my work? Or um, saying things that you don't find funny or are inappropriate to you. Or it's, uh, let's just say in a broad brush, affecting your life in some way and making you feel uncomfortable. Okay. So you go to your therapist or you read online and you think, well, you need to set up boundaries. You know, what are these boundaries we're going to set up with people? Well, that's a great idea if you think about it, because a lot of times we don't think that we have a say in how somebody treats us, but we do actually determine how people treat us. We allow what we allow and we discourage what we discourage with people. And if you have boundaries that are <clears throat> effective, but not demanding then we can set up the way we 
function with other people in a easy, comfortable way. Boundaries should not be used as an all or nothing kind of thing. So I think it's been used to the extreme where people think they have to set up boundaries. This makes them a badass, makes them a tough person if they set up boundaries with people that are strict. So they're just, they're overusing the term. It's something yeah. that we intrinsically do, but they are actively doing it to pro protect themselves, would yeah. you say? Maybe to protect themselves or they think it's the right thing to do. Um, it's kind of like, I don't know, just about anything. If you think about um, when Prozac came on the market, right? Everybody was on Prozac. It's like boundaries is the word you use with everybody now. Narcissist is the word of the day right now. Um, she's bipolar, right? You hear that all mm -hmm. the time. That's thrown around. That's always wrong, right? <laughs> People don't know exactly what bipolar is all about. And they have no idea how it really works. So if effectively in a job situation or with your family, typically we set up boundaries and it doesn't have to be a severe case, but with people that are not benefiting us or hurting us in some way. If you have a boundary with someone, it doesn't mean that you have to get rid of them or get, rid get them out of your life. It just means that you're kind of keeping them at a distance or saying, you know what, that's, uh, and you keep this to yourself, by the way. That's not really working for me, so maybe I'm just going to talk to them here and there. People get overly involved with psychobabble. So people who say, you know what, you are always taking advantage of our friendship, so I'm going to set up some boundaries. And so then I tell, you know, I tell person A, you know what, I'm setting up boundaries so that you don't overtake, you don't overuse or <clears throat> you don't take advantage of our friendship because I'm feeling blah, blah, blah. Used or whatever. Used or whatever, mm -hmm. or, you know. It's a one-sided friendship. So you're saying people don't need to tell everybody. Mm -hmm. No, because how effective do you think that conversation is going to be? People are not going to say, um, you know, oh, I respect your boundaries. I'm here for you. I'm going to do as you ask. Right. I would imagine that it's going to be an argument because they're not going to see it that way. No, they're not. Because typically we don't like to acknowledge our bad behavior, right? So let's just talk about families. Families, people will, I'm going through this right now. You know, my family, mama, drama, brahma, bama, hama, stuff I go through, right? Uh, and one of the things, the keyword buzzword is I have boundaries and these are my boundaries and this is what you're going to do. Well, you know what? That really irks me. And that's kind of like telling me how to treat you. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I like that, right? That can be very offensive, Let's say we set up a boundary and this person is toxic. That's the other one. Toxic to my life. Toxic mm -hmm. to my life. They need to go. Okay. So I'm going through this myself right now. All right. Um, you and I have talked about, and I've been very open about the uh, drama that goes on in my life. Right. So we were confronted with the, I have boundaries and the boundaries are, is this isn't going to happen. That's not going to happen. You're not going to say this. You're not going to do that. I'm not going to participate in this and that. Well, you know, that conversation didn't go over well. It was like, well, you're an asshole. Okay, still. <laughs> okay, this is frustrating. So, and, but beyond that, then you feel guarded and like you're tippy-toeing around somebody like, oh God, is that within the boundary or outside of the boundary? Mm -hmm. And you feel frightened to be who you normally are and to talk to somebody freely. So if you're setting up a boundary or, or if you're thinking somebody is toxic to you or makes you feel bad or is upsetting for you, say to yourself, 
you know what, I, I this is my boundary. This is what I'm going to do. If she calls on this day, I'll only talk so long. If it, she gets to be upsetting, my boundary is going to be I'm going to tell her I have to go here and I'm going to hang up. But we don't have to tell the person no. that we're setting up a boundary. No, it's not appropriate. It's in bad manners, unless you plan on terminating the relationship. It really is in bad manners to tell people exactly how you need to treat them and what you need to do because you're going to look at them and say, you're high maintenance. You're difficult. You're way too difficult. And the thing of it is, is that a lot of people are learning this from therapists, good therapists that are saying, you need boundaries, you need to stand st strong with how you feel and what you want from this relationship. Well, that's good, but you're going to be alienating a lot of people in your life. And people are taking it as I need to tell somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So set your boundaries. You just don't have to tell the world. No. It goes along with people who say, they'll start to tell you something, well, well it's complicated. Yeah. It's complicated. Sure. Everything's complicated. Mm -hmm. That's another overused. It's way overused. Oh, it's so complicated. Yeah, it's complicated. Well, if it that what does that mean? It's a long story. Does it mean your half may sound as though it isn't legitimate and that you had a part to play in something that went on there? Uh, in your relationship, that it became a more difficult situation. So people just kind of usually add that in so they don't have to explain all the dynamics and what their part was in it, right? So when you have a complicated relationship, when you have a, a relationship that requires boundaries, keeping it to yourself, not saying it to the other person or putting demands on people because you're going to find it offensive. And I think that a lot of misinformation about boundaries and saying psychobabble that people hear that they really don't know how to use effectively to enhance their life, not to make their life worse, um, is they find it difficult to figure out when it's appropriate to say. So in many ways, they start alienating people that they need and love in their life. You and I have talked about this at end about when you need to, you know, stand at a distance from people. But if you think about it logically, does everybody want to get rid of every family member, um, anybody who, who, who crosses them or doesn't uh, agree with their thinking or maybe makes them feel a little uncomfortable? No, you're going to be very alone. And you're going to be known as a difficult person. You're not going to be known as somebody, look at her. She has so many boundaries and, you know, she, I, I aspire to be like her. What a badass, you know, that mm -hmm. is so cool. How can you, No, people can look at you as a difficult person, incredibly difficult. So you have to figure out what you can live with. What can you live with, you know? And so-and-so may be a little difficult, but you know what? I'm just going to distance myself from her, distance myself from there. And the other thing you cannot do is tell somebody to get therapy, I hear this all the time. I, uh, you know, I, I told her and I said, you get therapy and we can talk. You can't say that to anybody. That's another thing. You make that decision. You tell them if you get therapy. I see therapists say this all the time. If you get into therapy, then we'll revisit this. Revisiting. Yes. Another. Mm -hmm. Revisiting. Revisiting. Here's another one. I have two more for you that yeah. we hear a lot of. We hear, I really get OCD about. Oh. I'm OCD. OCD about cleaning the kitchen or I'm OCD about the wrinkles in my pants or I'm OCD about yeah. fill in the blank. We mm -hmm. hear that. I, you hear that a lot. Absolutely. And OCD, nobody wants real live OCD. Okay. Real live OCD is crippling. My brother, Hal, had severe OCD when we were children. He would jump up and down and turn the lights on and off and have to count. And so many times if he got in and out of bed, he could finally go to sleep, that kind of thing. People with true OCD, you know, some people end up living only in one room, 
cleaning excessively, washing their hands excessively, um, ruminating, overthinking, worrying, ruminating that, you know, something's going to happen to someone in their family. True OCD is nothing to laugh about. It's horrible. We have some great medications for that now, thank God, to help people with that. But um, your OCD means that somebody may have a behavior pattern that they are in, that they like to do things in a certain order, which is not OCD, but it helps them manage their anxiety. That's which is very typical. So if we're, you know, for many people that keep a lot of balls in the air, have a lot of balls in the air, they have to have things go a certain way or the balls start coming down for them. So they need to keep their life scheduled and functioning in a certain way. It makes them happy. But if they're over there moving the fork over and over and over again because it's touching the plate or not sitting on the napkin correctly or it's interfering in your life and you're not able to function or get on with your life in a healthy manner, that's true OCD or a situation where you need to have boundaries. Great examples of terms that I think people misuse. And yeah. they think it, they, they don't really understand the meaning mm-hmm. and they, they, so they're misusing it. Here's, yeah. an, here's another one. Borderline. Borderline. I hear that a lot. I think she's borderline. I think she's border. I think he's, because typically borderlines are females, right? So I worked at Rose Hill facility uh, for many years and we had a lot of borderline patients. The last thing you would ever want to be is borderline. A borderline patient, typically female, we have some males, but typically female, attempts suicide on a regular basis. They feel their emotions a hundred times more than we do. Everything they take personally. They don't have relationships. They take hostages. Um, they, you're either in or you're out. They're typically cutters. They have several attempts at suicide. Not all of these fit into everybody, but for the most part, um, they live drama to drama to drama to drama that is effective for them, keeps them alive. They will even attempt suicide to the point of actually completing suicide to say, fuck you, look mm-hmm. at what I did. Yeah, it's, very, it's a very deep, horrible way to live and feel because there is no cure for uh, borderline. There is none. It, you can be, you can take um, mood stabilizers. You have a good psychiatrist. You're on mood stabilizers and antidepressants to help stabilize your mood and your thinking. And DBT, which is dialectical behavioral therapy, which is a type of therapy, but you have to be dedicated to it and you have to want to do it. And that is where you go to these well-trained groups. I used to be in it, um, but there's experts in the field because borderlines are so difficult and there's such a high rate of suicide and um, lack of um, lack of success in their treatment because it is there is really no cure. So they have to know they have borderline. They have to be totally dedicated. So dialectical behavioral therapy, it, they use acronyms in order for you to look at your feelings and figure out how to use them in an effective, positive way instead of negative. Like, you know, like ACT, you know, or, or something like that. I've, I can't think of one right now, but there's different acronyms that, that you think up in your head that makes you stop, think, focus, then make your decision, stuff like that. So, but it's very difficult to get somebody with borderline personality disorder to um, figure that out or understand. Bipolar is the other one. They use bipolar constantly. Mm-hmm. People are always telling people they're bipolar. And, you know, it's and, it, and that's an ugly, ugly one as well. People are also always talking about they need closure. I closure. need closure. Okay, do you need closure? I don't. I don't, I don't need somebody to ha- rehash the end of our relationship. I don't want to go over that. We know. We know what's going on. Closure isn't helpful. 
in a lot of ways. For some people, maybe it is. I don't know. But it's not necessary to ending a relationship. If you like, if you think about it in relationships that have kind of dwindled and faded away, have you ever need to revisit that? And let's let's close this out. Let's tell each other how we really think. Once again, that's not productive. Do you think people are using it because they just they want to have the final say? Like, I'm going to have closure with you. I'm going to say what I need to say and then be done. Absolutely. That just happened to me not too long ago. But then it doesn't, it doesn't because then the other person, so I've, I've had closure with you. I'm done. I've said what, yeah. but then you don't sit in silence, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The, the person you're allegedly having closure with mm-hmm. then retort, then responds mm-hmm. or says, bop, 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 back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and so is there to, ever really closure? There really isn't. It's, it's a war game. It's a, it's a tit for tat is what that turns into. But often you're absolutely correct. I think I told you that happened with my old friend that I used to be friends with for years. She asked me to meet her to give me my horse's or her horse's saddle, the horse that I rode all the time for 13 years. And it was an ambush. I had no idea it was an ambush. Um, when we got in there and started talking, she just went off on you, this, you, that, me, this, I've got that, you're this, you're the other thing. And I was like, this is not a good look. And why am I here? I'm leaving. You know, I, and it was only because I had ended the relationship and she wanted to end it. So she set me up under false circumstances to bring me in there to lambast me. And I just, you know, and then you try to defend yourself and people, typically people come at you with, let's see, you're an asshole. See what, what, look at you, look at what you're doing. So that's not an effective closure. I mean, if you're engaged to be married, of course, there's some degree of closure that needs to go along with that, for sure. You know, um, you know, listen, it's just not working for us, da, da, da. That kind of thing would be closure. That would be effective. But to say your piece, to hurt somebody or get a dig in, that's not good closure. So what should we do instead of using these, these overused phrases? Well, you know, I have a patient currently um, that was telling me um, what she and her girlfriend, um, they want to get married, the way they talk to each other. Um, You know, I said, how does that make you feel? Um, Should we set up some boundaries here? You know, um, I'm not feeling safe now. (laughs) And I kind of said to myself, do you two talk to each other like this all the time? Do you speak to each other in psychobabble? nonstop. I mean, these are effective words when used by a professional for professional reasons, but it's not how you should speak to someone you love or, or anybody else for that matter, because you feel as though you're on the intelligent, um, psychoanalytical high ground over somebody, which is intimidating. And you're not exactly sure effectively how this can work or what can come from that. Because saying these kind of things to people, you lose in translation, right? You lose your communication. She came to me, this typical, this story, to talk about the, their lack of communication. Well, and, and the first thing I said is, do you talk to each other like this all the time? Why don't you just say, don't, you know what? I don't like it when you lay here. I don't like it when you go there. Why, you know, would you open up a little bit more around my family? Things like that instead of, I feel unsafe, you know? Right. I'm going to have to put up a boundary there, you know? Are you bipolar? So just go back to normal speak. Go back to normal speak. Speak, you know, I'm not trying to detour anybody from talking about how they feel or what they want to say. It's not about that, but 
the point is, is that these terms have been overly used, and I think they're damaging the people that are using them because they don't know how to use them effectively. And I think that's a great point. Mm-hmm. A great point, a great topic. Then we all can, we all hear things and we say it or we overuse it or we, mm-hmm. and we don't realize the damage that we're doing by saying a phrase. Sure. And people end up walking on uh, eggshells around you because they're scared they're going to piss you off because now you're feeling empowered and you can throw this out at them all the time. But the thing that is the saddest, I think, in all of this that is, you know, uh, close to my own life in my own situation but, uh, that we've talked about before is that when you set up too many boundaries, you start alienating everybody that you love. When in fact, it's not that deep, it's not that difficult. You can work around anything. You're not being victimized every time. I think we really need to understand when being a victim, being brutalized, being hurt uh, um, over and over again by the same person or different people is when you need to implement these things. But we all take a certain amount of shit from everybody and we still love them. Mm-hmm. We still love, we know who you are, right? My husband is a reactive man. He says things. <laughs> His Tourette's, I mean, it's a joke. I mean, I'm not joking about Tourette's, but he'll say things that are very inappropriate on occasion. I'm like, hey, oh, that's not a good thing to say. Well, I'm just passionate. You know, I'm just saying this or saying that. That doesn't mean you should dislike this person or mm-hmm. not want to be around this person. That's their personality. We have to take into consideration our family's personality, where they are in their life and what they're going through. And if you're a confident person and you have your own boundaries and you only allow so much in you're going to be okay with the people around you that you really do love and need in your life. So having boundaries, calling people psychoanalytical words that you really don't know what they mean or how they're going to affect others can be more detrimental to you, Jen. Great Great suggestions, great pieces of advice, and things for us to think about on on overused phrases. Absolutely overused phrases. Thank you, Gina. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to replace treatment or diagnosis by a qualified mental health professional. 